0: All right. We're excited about what God's doing. Amen. How many of you guys are excited about what God's doing in your life? Amen. Aren't you excited? Isn't God good? Amen. Hey, if, if you're not happy about what God's doing, you probably should get born again today before you go home. Right? Because God's, God's doing great things. He, he's doing all kinds of great stuff. And, and you know, I know sometimes we want, we want the big earth shaking stuff that that'll probably come later a great thing really all a great thing is a whole bunch of little things all put together when you start realizing the the the, the everyday stuff that god's involved with and that he's that he's working in your life i love what david said in the psalms he said i, I look behind me and i can see you there i look out in front of me and i can see you there too how many of you look back and stuff that you complained about all the way through but when you look back you go well, yeah god was in that he was he was He was working. And when you look into your future, you know, it's just not hard to see God working out in front of you. I think sometimes we forget to look right where we are. That right where you're at, God's at work. And if you can open your eyes and see that God's working in your situation, maybe, maybe we should stop praying that God would take us out of stuff. And that he would lead us and guide us right where we are. That he would use us. That he would flow through our life. Right where I am. You know, I I don't want you to to remove me from my situation. I want you to give me the strength to demonstrate Satan's defeat in this situation. I want to live a lifestyle that uh, empowers me to humiliate hell. And I can't humiliate hell if every time hell shows up, God dumps out a big bucket of water. He's just always putting out fires. You know, no, I need to prove that. We walk through the fire, and it doesn't—it doesn't get on us. Then we we'll go through the flood, but it doesn't drown us. Have you read your book? That's what is promised in Isaiah, right? In Isaiah 43, you know, he says, "When you walk through the waters, I'll be with you, and when the fire kindles upon you, it, it won't burn you." I'm with you. God said, "I am with you." See, I think sometimes what, what it is is that we're looking for these great, big, huge, miraculous you know, movements. And God's just wanting to start something small on the inside of you, an awareness that you're not alone. You're not on your own. You've got help. And by the way, you need help. Look at somebody sitting close to you and say, it's good to be with me. Amen. It's good to be with people who know God. It's good to be with you. You got God when you show up. Life gets better because of the one that you're carrying. Right? We talked last week, you know, about about this burning bush and the fact that God works in ordinary things. The ordinary things, the ordinary situations of life. That, that's where God works, and God wants to 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 get your full attention, right where you are, so that He can turn. That ordinary situation into a holy place, right? It, you know, holy. It, it, we're singing this morning, and you know, holy, holy, holy. Well, it's just it means other than, other than. It's not like you know anything else. It's totally unique. It's totally different. It's it, it, it's different. You know, and what the what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to get to live a lifestyle. He wants you to to to, to accept. Just an ordinary existence, you know. In our society, you know, so much devastation, so much pain, and so much hurt, and, and and the enemy just wants you to embrace that. And well, that's you know, that's just the way it is. But God did not send Jesus to come to this earth to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to to be you know beat up and spat on and nailed to a tree, put in a tomb, so that three days later he could be raised from the dead and then ascend on high to be at the right hand of the Father. God didn't send Jesus to go through all of that and do all that he did so you could be normal. He, he, He sent Jesus so that you could have life in abundance to the top till it overflows. God life. God life. John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that that you might experience life like God has it. Think about that for just a minute. Life like God has it. You know, the word of God says that it it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Oh, if you start thinking about how good God is. I mean, isn't that, what, isn't that what kind of brought you to him in the first place? How, how good he was. I, I know sometimes we try to scare everybody, you know, and, and, you know, whatever works. We're just trying to reach people and get them before they go to hell. You know, so we, we just tell them that, you know, the fire's already at the doorway of the church, you know, and, and hell has vomited out its fury, and if you leave here today in the wrong condition, you might not even make it to your car. <laughs> and. And, and you know, we're just trying to get you to, to to connect with God, right? But 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 really, what leads to repentance is the goodness of God. You know, come on, you you might scare me into not doing something, but when 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 it, when the goodness of God shows up, all of a sudden, I don't want to do stuff I used to do. I I just want to serve the king of kings and the lord of right yeah i mean and and it's the goodness of god that connects us to god and as that love grows and and manifests in our life all of a sudden we're not satisfied right just being connected we want to get committed it pulls us to a different place to a different mindset it begins to cause us to think differently than we've ever thought before You know, you you might be fairly new or you're looking around the room and you're seeing people and and, and they used to do stuff with you that you'd still do, but they don't do that stuff anymore and you don't get, well, what, do they think they're better than I am? No, the love of God is changing them and he's going to get you too. Right? I mean, they're just some attitudes that you just get, you know, love just eradicates, you know, bitterness. It's hard to be mad at people and baptized in the love of God. Come on, you know, you, you know, people, 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 can teach you bitterness. But then you start hanging out with God and, and you're having to make a choice. Am I going to live in the presence of God or am I going to live in, in the presence of bitterness? Because the two won't hang together. You know, I I don't want to belabor this point just because I have so many other really good ones to make. But I got to tell you something. If you've been bitter for a long time, you ought to hang out with Jesus for a while. I know you want to be mad. You have the right because what they did was wrong. What they said was hurtful or they didn't understand. Right. But the problem, see, the thing that you're not realizing is that the bitterness is keeping you from the presence of God. And it's the presence of God that has the ability and the power to take an ordinary piece of property and turn it into a holy place. Remember the burning bush, Exodus chapter three. You know, let's just read the first four or five verses. Check it out. Moses is tending the flock. Jethro, uh, he led the flock to the back of the desert. He came to Horeb the mountain of God Angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush, was not, uh, the bush was burning, but the bush was not consumed. He makes a statement, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside and looked, God called to him from the midst of the bush, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. And God said to him, don't, you know, don't draw near this place. Take off your shoes first, for the place where you're standing is holy. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. He wasn't, you know, it's really important that you understand that, that you know, remember, God's just using a bush, and it's not being consumed. So he, he's used something to, to, to grab the attention of this, of this, really, this is a great man. But, but uh, he, he's got to get his attention. He gets his attention, and God wants to turn that where he's at, which is just an ordinary place, into a holy place. He wants to make it other than. He wants to make it other than. He wants wants to change it, but it's in the presence of God that 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 ordinary thing becomes a holy thing. Why does the enemy want you to hang on to stuff that keeps you you outside of the presence of God where where you're not really saturated with God's presence? Why? Well, because he doesn't need you unleashing the power that's in the presence of God that's going to turn your situation around. And so it starts to fill your heart and your mind with all kinds of reasons why, you know, you you are the way you are. You, you know, it's just excuses. You know, it, it, all an excuse is, is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. You know, we'll tell ourselves anything to justify ourself. But without realizing that really that excuse is the thing that's keeping me from the production of God's promise in my life. I'm deceiving myself with my excuses. Listen to the definition of the word excuse. It is a justification, a reason or an explanation, not necessarily true. And it's given in order to make something appear more acceptable or less offensive. Oh, well, listen to that. It is a justification, a reason or explanation that is not necessarily true, that is given in order to make something appear more acceptable or less offensive it is a false reason an excuse is a false reason that enables somebody to do something he or she wants or avoid doing something he or she does not want to do it's an excuse we think it's going to relieve us of our responsibility but see the problem is is that god does after you do you know you do what he said he produces what he promised how often every single time so the enemy he's just trying to get you to come up with an excuse and to justify it. and in our culture in our society that's easy because well everybody's in agreement with you come on how, how what an easy target we are everybody agrees with me you know in my life and in, in, in my position you know what i've learned about everybody that's usually three We've been talking. Who's we? Well, we've been talking, and everybody thinks, you know, well, well who are they? Well, I don't want to name any na- Well, come on. Who's everybody? And, and you find out it's three relatives. You know, you, you think about it. You can get three people to agree with you. You can believe that everybody agrees. But now you're separated from the production of God's promise in your life. What an easy target we don't want any excuses. It's called excuse abuse. We abuse ourselves with excuses. Now, I don't, I don't want to come up with a reason not to do what God said. I want to find reasons to do it. Right? I call those promises. Come on now. I, I don't want to be less than because God is more than. He's other than. I mean, think about it. Are, are we really going to accept less than when other than is available? I mean, we got we got this God that is so awesome and, and he's so good, and his love pulls us into a commitment where, where you know we're, we're making we're, we're making this commitment to just go after God, go after. I'm going after God. I'm going after God, and God's plan is to cause you to become absolutely whole complete that you 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 would no longer be broken but you'd be restored refreshed renewed revived that you that you would know life as God has it that's God's plan that's his purpose for you is is that that you be whole look at your neighbor and say God wants to make you whole let's let's keep reading here let's go to verse 6 and, and we'll read through 10 uh, Exodus 3, 6 through 10. Listen to this. It says, He said, uh, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and all the otherites. And uh, now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people out of Egypt. God's got a plan. See, God's got some stuff going on. God's working at getting people out of bondage. You know, in these, in, in these verses right here, there's, there's just some things about God that you need to know and you need to recognize. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm going to encourage you just because of time that you go back and really read Exodus 3 and 4. It's great stuff here. But let me just point out a couple of things that you just, you just need to know that, that are just so true about God. Number one is that God has empowered people in the past. It's really important that you understand that, that God has empowered people. In the past, he said, Moses, I've taken care of Abraham, I've taken care of Isaac, I've taken care of Jacob. You know what? I can take care of you. The Bible says, rejoice and be glad, for the Lord will do great things. Rejoice and be glad, for the Lord will do great things. That's the Amplified Version. In the King James, it reads this way. Rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has done great things. Well, has done, will do. Which is it? Well, you go study and you find out that really it's both. Because anything God has done, he can do. And anything God can do, he will do. And anything he will do, he's done it before. It's his character. It's God's character to empower people to succeed. It's his character. It was in Genesis that God set mankind up to win and succeed in every situation. God put them in the garden and he blessed them. God is blessing you. You got to realize it. God has empowered people in the past. He's going to do it again. Look at your neighbor say he's doing it to me right now. The second thing that you can see in these verses that, is that God knows what's happening in your life. You can look around and you can say, "You know, God, where are you at? What's going on?" You know, just think about the, some of the statements that we read. I have seen their affliction. I have heard their cry. I am aware of their suffering. I've seen. God sees what's happening in your life. The question is, do you? Do you? Or are you fixated on, on a problem, on a, on, on a little fire, on a little storm, on a little pain? God's got the big picture. You've got no clue right come on you and i the bible says you know you are god in heaven and here i am on earth so i'll keep let my words be few in other words god you've got the big picture i can't see anything i think i'll just be quiet and let you speak you know god sees what's going on in your life if anybody is confused it's probably not him So he's working some stuff. You know, he's, he, all things work together for good. And I know we want to debate, well, did God let that happen? Did God allow that to happen? Did God make that to happen? Let me tell you, the end result is better than your current condition. So why? I don't know. You know, maybe later we'll sit down and argue about what we believe on who's doing what. But right now, let's just remember that God has empowered people in the past, and he knows what's going on in my present. He's totally aware. I said he's totally aware. And that makes me feel a lot better. God knows what's happening. You know the story, the backstory to where we are right here with Moses? Remember Joseph? Joseph, the the, the brother that sold to slavery, that ends up, you know, number two in, in command. And his family comes and 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 in the middle of a famine you know they end up with 70 uh, of these people there's 70 of these people that 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 come and and now all these years later there's not 70 there's two and a half million of them hello these people know how to multiply the stuff that's going through my mind and i don't dare say it (laughs) it's really good though I'll, i'll tell you later See, they don't recognize that there's a reason their enemy is doing everything he can to oppress them. It's because of this incredible growth and this strength that's being, uh, you know, developed in their life. The enemy is trying to deceive them and keep them, keep them under oppression to control them. See, you, you don't realize that there are some incredible things going on in your life. And that's why the enemy is working so hard to keep you in bondage. Because you don't see the big picture, God knows what's going on, and God has a plan that's going to bring you freedom to you and to other people. See, you you don't see it sometimes. You don't realize that, that God's working out something. There's a reason He brought you to this place. You know, because because for you this isn't gonna you know you know what if you're not called to you know to a specific church think about think just for a minute let me be like pastoral or something if you're not called to a specific church it's just a church but if you're called to a specific house that's a that's a totally different thing oh this is a holy place right it's different other than right it's whole place the word place is a cool word it, it means a position of effectual opportunity See, if you're called to this house, then this is where you have the opportunity to fulfill the call of God on your life. If you just swung by, you know, because, well, they give, free out, they give out free water. <laughs> uh, then it's just church. Of course, you can be called to the place, but never let God have your full attention. And since God doesn't have your full attention, the presence of God can't meet you there. And since the presence of God can't meet you there, then your holy place is just an ordinary place that you go to hang out as an excuse for some other stuff that's going on in your world. You'll be blind to the fact that God has empowered people in the past and that he knows exactly what's going on in your life. You'll miss out on on number three, that God will act. I need to tell you that God's timing is not always like yours. His timing's not like mine. If His timing was like mine, we'd be done already, right? I mean, come on. It, I gotta be really hungry before I go to Jack in the Box. Why? Because it takes so stinking long. You know, they don't cook it till you order it. Can you call it in? You know, I, 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 I'm always in a bigger hurry than God is, always. He's calling right now. <laughs> See, he said, I've come to deliver. I've come to bring them out of where they are into a better place. He, you got to remember that God has empowered people in the past, He knows what's going on in your life, and He's going to act in His timing. And the fourth thing that you see in these, in these verses, and, and this is really the major one that I want to talk about. See, we, we know that he's going to act, but he's going to act through others. God delivers people through people. I mean, think about it. Look, look at verse 10 again. Put it on the screen for you. It says, come, therefore I will send you See, God's plan, just think for just a minute. God's plan for your life is wholeness. That you would be complete. That you would be missing, lacking nothing. Nothing would be broken. That you would be restored and refreshed, renewed and revived. That you would know life as God has it. So God sends you to make a difference for others. Knowing that it's going to heal you. I mean, think about Moses. You know, he, his childhood, you know, for 40 years he, he grew up, you know, with, with privileges that, that he didn't deserve, that that, that, that that wasn't his right. And he really got to thinking, man, he he was it. He had it made. He was the man. So he took matters into his own hands. You know the story, right? He killed an Egyptian. Well, the problem is that Egyptian had a big family. Hello? So... Here, I mean, get it. Think about it. Moses, he thinks he's somebody. And so he killed somebody who knew somebody, who knew some other somebodies. And Moses runs off hoping to become nobody because if somebody finds nobody, somebody's going to get hurt. He is running for his life, and he spends 40 years becoming the nobody that somebody's looking for. Every night he goes to bed, and I guarantee you when he hears stuff down the hall, he thinks somebody's come to get him. He's scared to death. And they have a right, they've got a legal right to take care of him. So he's hiding out. Oh, he's a good guy. He's got a good heart. No, he doesn't. We say that all the time, you know, to stupid people. Well, he's got a good heart. No, he doesn't. He's got an evil heart. He's a nice guy. But you know what? Fruit comes out of your heart. And you just need to quit lying to yourself. Well, I got a good heart. If you got a good heart, you produce great stuff. If you're producing junk, you've got a junky heart. Fix it. So he's out in the wilderness. He's spending all this time. He's got a heart for his people. But he tried to do it himself. I wonder how many people, you know, in the room. Oh, probably nobody. We're probably just making a CD for somebody we know, right? But I'm I, I just curious how many of us have, have wasted a lot of time. We think we got it. We, we know everything. You know, because we've been through some stuff. We, you know, he was trained. He, he had been trained by, by the wisest and the best. He had some skills, man. He had some tools. I wonder how many of us have looked at what we got and what we know and who we are and the position we're in and decided, well, I'm going to start fixing some stuff and then made a mess out of it and then get sent off somewhere, one, to preserve your life, but two, to put your head back, you know, to get you back to where you realize I'm nobody without him. He's out there in the wilderness, you know, and God finally gets his attention after 40 years. God gets his attention and God tells him, I know what I'm doing. I'm going I'm to turn this ordinary hiding spot into an incredible holy spot. And Moses, just out of his heart, his good heart, starts coming up with excuses. He sounds like one of us. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> he's got to be talking to you. It can't be me. Moses has, he's got a bunch of excuses. And, and you know, again, go, go read these chapters, but it's great, it's great stuff. He says, who am I? He says, you know, who am, who am I? You know, he starts out, he tells him what he couldn't do, what he shouldn't do, what he didn't do, and what he wouldn't do, and, and God keeps talking, and finally he says, who, who am I? You know what he's got? He's got a confidence problem. He's been talked out of it. See, the enemy, if he can't prevent you, he will promote you, Right? if he can't get you to not serve God, then once you start serving God, he'll, he'll, he'll move you so fast and furiously into your future that you stop trusting in God. If he can't get you to live in poverty, he'll give you just enough prosperity that you haven't developed the sole prosperity to handle it, and you destroy yourself. Come on, how many times have we heard the story of somebody who wins the lottery and 90 days later they're just, you know, you just took their debt and multiplied it by about a billion. Right? They made a huge mess. Ma- Why? Because they didn't have they didn't have the stuff. Well, the enemy, he's coming to rob you of your confidence. See, Moses, he, he as a kid, he had all the confidence in the world. But it was in himself. The enemy tried to promote him, tried to push him out advancing, get him ahead of God. So Moses takes matters in his own hands and he finds out, man, that that, that just didn't work, and he's hiding in the desert. Well, now his confidence his lack of confidence is shining through. So He's got a confidence problem, so God gives him a promise. You know what will fix your confidence problem? An understood promise. You know, call it a rhema. You know, when God's word leaps off the page. Oh, you got all the confidence in the world. Why? Because, well, you know, it's one thing, you know, if Tom or Todd or somebody says something to you, it's another thing if God speaks to you. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of confidence in Todd. If Todd tells me he's going to do something, I consider it done. But I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I mean, really, if something else came up or, you know, he came up with some excuse, but if God says something, you'll never convince me he ain't going to do it. Hello? Hebrews 10, 34, 35, cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense and reward for you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. What's the, what's the, what's growing, developing the confidence, the promise. The promise, man, the pro- God's promises are true. He said every one of them is yes and amen. How do I know if he'll do it? Because he said it. So he's going to do it. So I'm going to grow my confidence. You know, God's word. Think about it. Proverbs 4, my son attended to my words, hearken to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them, health and healing to all their flesh. God's word produces life. Think about that for just a minute. You know, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes, I mean, let's be real. I've told you before, I'll be standing up here, something goes through my head, I just poof, I spit it out. That's Tom word. Sometimes there ain't no life in that. But God's word always produces life. I think sometimes good people, well-meaning people, Say things that they think is good, but there ain't no life in it. So maybe, you know, and this is just a, you know, kind of a side trail thought, but maybe before you give counsel to somebody regarding their their life, you talk to the giver of life first. So that when when you say what you're going to say, it's actually going to produce life, even though it sounds really cool. You, know, you you got some points, but just remember that storms, we don't have them all the same. Some we walk through, some we talk to, some we float through. But what do we need? We need a word from God. You get a word from God, and confidence will grow in you. Yeah, you know, here's a guy that thought it was he thought it was his training, he thought it was his his position, and God's proven to him no, it ain't. It's my word, my promise. It's all about my promise. Who am I? So we're always shooting people down based on their position in life. You don't have the right education. I got to tell you something. I don't have a very good education. I I just wouldn't hook up with somebody who had never been to Bible school. See ya. I went to Bible school. I knew more than they did. Well, I was 18. And, And I was looking for a reason to get out of there. Guess what I found? Reasons to get out of there. You know, and they sounded really good, too. Well, te- and they, they, were, they were teaching why the Holy Spirit isn't for today. I probably should have hung around so I could develop my argument. But I just used it as an excuse to go do what I wanted. And the next couple of years, according to King James, sucketh <laughs> it. Okay, it was bad. you know. And, and I just want to challenge you. You, you probably should listen to God. And let it build your confidence. But your confidence isn't in who you are. Your confidence is in what he said. And you know what's crazy is he's speaking to my life. I'm going to tell you something. You you will never sabotage my confidence. If I got anything going, I got a grip on this one. Because I've had some real conversations with God. Some of them I won't even tell you about because he was, he was like mean to me. But, uh, but, 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 but the fact is, is that he's spoken and I've got confidence. Don't lose that. So you've got a confidence problem. All you need is a promise. Somebody say amen. He said, who am I? The, the, the next excuse, he said, what have I got to say? What, what can I say? So he not only had a confidence problem, he had a content problem. So he had a content problem, so God gave him a plan. You're you're thinking today, well, you know, who am I to do what God's calling me to do, and how how could I do it? I don't know how to do it. You know, some of you guys, you, you know, just think body life. You know, this is the God challenge. We, we really should never be short of volunteers and servers in, in the house. You know, the, the children's department should never be having to drum up people to help. Enough with the excuses. Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not called there. Liar, liar, pants on fire. We're all called there. Hello? Hello? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know how to do it. Well, we've got a plan. We're going to shoot your excuses full of holes today. Well, why would God want me back there? Because God's trying to heal you. God's trying to restore you. God's trying to bring wholeness to you. I'm going to get that in the children's department. Oh, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what God could do in you as you were helping people find a chair. Hello? So you are just serving the body. You're going to make connections that you ain't ever going to make any other way. He had a content problem. God gave him a plan. Because of time, I'm not going to give you all the points of the plan. I'm going to tell you the next thing he said. He said, what if they won't listen? So he, he had a... Confidence problem, God gave him a promise. He had a content problem, God gave him a plan. Now he's got a credibility problem. So God gave him power. You read the story, and I think it's so cool that, you know, God's looking at him and he's dealing with him. He says, take that stick in your hand, throw it on the ground, it becomes a serpent, and he runs away from it. If you saw God work in the stuff you've already got, freak you out. God could blow your mind today and he wouldn't have to give you anything other than what you already have. You got a credibility problem? The power of God flowing through your life helps people realize that, oh, it's not you. It's God. You know, people in the you know, with, with, with the gifts, you know, power gifts, you know, isn't that cool? You know, the power gifts. You know, uh, don't you love the power gifts? I like the power gifts. You know, a gift of healing, you know, uh, where, where the guys just, you know, Smithwick. He, he, I love being around John Smithwick. Has, you know, hundreds of people. He, Smithwick was with us for one weekend. We had 56 healings in the services. It's power gift. I know John Smithwick. You know what? I, you know you know my favorite part about knowing John and and the, and the gift that flows through John is knowing that ain't John. You can take John to a produce section and hand him a bruised grapefruit and he can't do a thing about it. You know, it's, it's not John. It's it's the power of God. See, the power of God in your life solves your credibility issues. See, your credibility should have went down the toilet with some of the stupid stuff you've done. Oh, come on, can't we say that to to each other? Come on, Uh, some of the the dumb choices we've made, some of the the mean things we've said, some some of the idiotic actions we've performed. No, our credibilities, we don't have it, but the power of God. See, I, I know who I am, and part of knowing who I am is knowing who I'm not. And sometimes you get to you know you get so focused and looking at yourself and and all and then somebody will come and, and, and they'll say, You know what happened to me in church last night? And they'll start talking about it, and I realize that's the power of God. All of a sudden, everything's growing in you again. He said, uh, okay what if I do it wrong? What if I say it wrong? He, he had a confidence problem. He had a content problem. He had a credibility problem. Now he says, I've got a communication problem. So God gave him a person. Aaron. Aaron's going to be your mouthpiece. Moses was a stutter. So God said, okay, I'll give you Aaron. He'll walk with you. He'll talk for you. He'll make up the difference. You know, the fact is, is that whatever excuse you come up with, God will resolve it. But you just need to stop with the excuses. Well, I've failed in the past. You know, doesn't that kind of make you hesitant about doing what God wants you to do in the present? That's the tool of the enemy. You you, got to realize that, if any man be in Christ, he's new. Now, there's, you know, there's some things, there, you know, if, if, if you're in trouble with the law and you've spent time in prison, you've probably got some paperwork to deal with. But that doesn't even release you of your responsibility of what you're supposed to be doing for God. I've failed in the past. We have all failed in the past, past failures should cause us to recognize our insane need for God. I guess I'm just going to have to press into his presence more then. Because on my own, I'm going to mess it up. On my own, all you get is ordinary. But if I can get it into his presence, now you get other than. Think about your Marriage. What could God do if your marriage became other than instead of just like? think about your relationships you know with your kids or your 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 employer or your employees or or your coworker think about what would happen if God's presence got there and it actually changed it from just normal to other than to holy you know, there's a reason the enemy keeps wanting to bring up all these things and and get you to focus on it but there there's so much power that God can release in your present if you'll let him. We just need his presence. You've got to remember that God always leads you into battles you can't win. He always has you face problems you can't solve and deal with situations you can't afford. Why? Because he's going with you. But I think one of the coolest things in this whole passage of Scripture and Matter of fact, let's, uh, let's look at this. L- look at verse 18. We'll go 18 and 19, I think. Four. Chapter four, verse 18. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Here it comes. Moses went, returned to Jethro, and said, let me go. He's, he's decided to do what God's told him to do. At this point, here's, here's where he's at. All right. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going, to, I'm going to go see if they're even there, if they're still alive. He, Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. Now look at verse 19. Now the Lord said to Moses, go, return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Listen, the minute Moses stopped with the excuses, God solved his problems. The thing that plagued his mind at night every night god took care of it god just fixed his problem i I think the point that you got to get is that when you stop with the excuses god can start with the solutions the brokenness of your life the emptiness that you experience the, the, the 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 lack of the provision of god if you just stop coming up with reasons why you can't and just start doing what he says to do. Yeah, you know, and bringing it down to you know to body life, guys. We we are one body. We're growing church. You know, we got stuff coming so that we can we can put more people in the other room, and we can grow this thing, and we can build buildings, and we can we can take a sit. But it doesn't do any good if if we're not past just being connected. Got to be committed and and that commitment is going to bring us to a place where we begin to complete one another where we begin to serve one another where we begin to say you know what man we we should have so many volunteers for share fest it should be all of us we should be able to take on any challenge and get it done why because we're sold out we're sold out to each other to the body, to this community. Why? Because it's what God, God's called us for this. So we're going to do it. And when you get that mindset, the stuff that used to hinder your life, God goes to work. He solves your problems. He solves your problems. Who would have known? Who, who would have known that had you said, you know what, I, you know, you need ushers, I can ush. You know, I mean, how do you ush? How hard is that? You know I, I, I can serve. I, you know, I can serve, I can do it, I, I'll be part of the body. You know, and, and in your head you're thinking, that. well, man, I'm, I'm going to have to be there. You know, with, with all of us here, we should only be, we, you know, think about it. If all of us participated, you'd only have to actually do something about once every couple of months. That means for some of you, you wouldn't even change your attendance schedule. Just, just kidding. See, that's not a life-giving thing. That was a Tom thing, not a God thing. See, notice the difference? I'm giving illustrations this morning. I think what it comes down to is this. (laughs) I made myself laugh. Uh, It comes down to this. Using the power of choice. Making a decision. You know, it takes something to say, yes, for me and my house, we're serving God. It it takes a backbone to say, I'm going to live God life. See, the deal is, is that in order to live God life, that, that means there's some other lifestyle that I'm not, I can't live. Because it doesn't fit. It doesn't mesh. Right? Remember back in the day, we used to sing it all the time, I have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. Remember that? How many of you guys remember that song? We sang it for hours. Right? I mean, it went on for years. (laughs) It's a great song. Decision. We use the same root word that we get the word decision. It's where we get the word incision decision literally means to cut so in just a few moments you're going to leave here and you're going to rush off to your favorite hamburger joint right you're going to go to bobs burger and brew or 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 somewhere you know and and, and they're going to have like 93 menu items is it not crazy when you go to a restaurant and they bring you a menu and it is like a book hello i mean just all of these choices, and when you decide, what did you do? You cut off everything except those three or four things that you're going to get. <laughs> you made a decision. You, you separated everything else out. See, if you, if you make a decision to live God life, there are some things you're not going to do anymore. They're cut out. Why? Because that doesn't produce the results that God life produces. You're not going to have a healthy relationship with your kids if you think that taking them down to a tavern and buying them alcoholic beverages and and getting out on the dance floor with them builds your relationship. Thank you. Scared me for a minute. Some of you guys are going, oh, dear God, here he goes. There's just different lifestyles. I've made a decision. I've made a decision. That means I've cut some stuff off. I'm going to tell you what, when we made the decision to to pastor this church, it cut some other things that we'd like to do off. When you made the decision, you know, to, to, to marry that person that you're sitting next to right now, it cut a few other relationships off. Hello? Look at your spouse and say, it did, Right? Well, in our new free society. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. We got to make a decision. I'm done with excuses. I'm going to I'm going to live Christ like. I'm going to live God like. God, this is his house. This is his plan. This is his design. So I've decided to to be a member of the house. Well, then you're gonna to have to do it his way. Some of us, you know, uh, and, and you know, and I just want you to see that, that God, God's trying to bring you to wholeness. And if you serve the body, it'll heal you. But some of us are so broken in so many areas of our life. And it's just because we failed to make a decision. I know we want to blame it on, on, on the devil. The devil's defeated. Oh well, I'm gonna blame it on my employer. He he's he's like Satan himself. It's not your employer. It's your unwillingness to make a decision. It's for me and my house. Come on, man. You know your, your home is messed up because you're not doing His word. My son, attend unto my words. Hearken to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them, and health and healing to all their I'm telling you guys, your household, the spiritual health of your household rests on your shoulders. You want life for your wife, life for your kids, you got to take God's word into your heart. I don't care if she doesn't do what you want, when you want, how you want. She's mean to you. Be a man. Live godly. What does God say to do? Love her. Die for her. Do it God's way. You get God's result. Or you can have a normal marriage. And you can have some great excuses why it didn't work. What's going to get your attention? His presence or your problem? Because if you let his presence have your attention, he'll change your ordinary circumstance into a holy place a position of effectual opportunity. He won't need to translate you out so you can know some peace. He'll make you a provider of peace right where you are. But you gotta make a decision. Remember? Remember, we sang it for years. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided, sound like I'm in puberty, huh? <laughs> to follow Jesus. Have, have you? Who, who are you following? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I think some of us have turned back. Time to make a new decision. I think we ought to sing it.